Welcome one, welcome all, and welcome back to the 23rd episode of the Transform Your Game podcast. My name is Richard, and I'll be running the show here today as both your host and moderator. Alongside me are actually four co-hosts of mine that are more than meets the eye. Kent. Wait, I still function. Kai. So you're saying there's a chance. Matt. It was either this or watch Sasha Gray on Twitter. (laughs) And Joel. Hey there. <laughs> That's right. We have the entire crew in the house today. A quick apology to our listeners out there for the absence of an episode from us last week. In the midst of everything, we just had a little bit of trouble putting ourselves together in time for recording, so we just decided not to force it. We left ourselves a little space to figure things out, talk things over. Uh, please also be aware that we're probably going to be a little bit more freeform than normal here today, uh, so just take that into account wherever you're listening. It either might be super short and sweet, but my money would be, and probably the smart money would be, on us going uh, into extra innings, so to say. So uh, sit back and enjoy uh, everybody at home. Um, I think the elephant in the room is pretty obvious at this point in time. Uh, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro have decided to no longer officially support the Transformers TCG. Uh, Titan Masters Attack is the final release officially for the game per an announcement on the main site, Monday, July 20th. Uh, so I guess two Mondays ago from the time of us recording. Um, so, guys, I think that it's pretty safe to say that this sent all of us kind of reeling. So what on earth do y'all think actually like happened? What went down with all this stuff? Man, uh, obviously a terrible blow to our community, uh, but there's a huge upside, and I think the game will definitely go on and be very strong. Uh, but we'll get to that later on in the podcast. It, it really feels like the official statement was said that Hasbro wasn't happy leading people back to the toy line. For me, of course, I'm like Hasbro's, you know, favorite customer kind of thing. Like, hey, the card game really drew me in even deeper into the Transformers franchise. I'm already a crazy comic collector. I've seen many of the shows. You know, had uh, some of the toys, especially Beast Wars, that I collected when I was beyond the little kid age. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many Unicrons do you have? Uh, yeah, and I, I bought two Unicrons. The <laughs> day before the announcement, I ordered a Earthrise Scorponok and Skylinks, which that was a hefty purchase as well. Um, I bought a Sergeant Cog. Um, I got the Anniversary sound wave and just like and i i kept interacting with the toys more than i had in decades so for me that it it absolutely worked the way they wanted it to i think for other people you know they probably got maybe a little bit of that but i think most people were like "Ooh, transformers is cool i i at least recognize the franchise and I'm gonna play the card game because the card game is really cool. The, the characters are, are gigantic compared to like other card games. And then you've got Titans where they're even bigger. Um, I get to transform them, which is fantastic. There's no mana screw or mana flood. And the game felt like the luck factor was truly reduced quite a bit. 
And the community is so friendly. Like one thing that Joel and I have talked about before is like one of the reasons why we stopped playing Magic ages ago is you go to a tournament, whether it's local or like a pro tour qualifier or regionals or whatever, and your opponent sits in front of you and is just like, yeah, whatever. They don't want to shake your hand. They don't want to know your name. They don't want to know anything about you. They just want to win. And like, I'm a super competitive person. I want to win. If we play tic-tac-toe, I want to beat you. Um, And I know Joel feels the same way about that. And, but at the same time, I also want to know something about who I'm playing against and have that sense of community. And in this game, we had that. And it, it's something that I think people would say, well, gonna miss that. Well, actually the game will live on. It might be a smaller community for a while, but again, we'll get into all that later. So yeah, for for me, this game was like crazy because like I had come off of um, a Transformers High, I guess, like since like the last, sort of when I first got introduced to the franchise, like officially, like I'm in the franchise, it was basically with the video games and I've been dipping since then. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into this game, like I started buying the toys again. I got, I got my first masterpiece and probably my only first masterpiece. So um, there's that. Um, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Wait, what, but... what masterpiece did you get? Because I actually got two of them: an Acid Storm and a Thundercracker. What did you get, Kai? Soundwave. Oh, <laughs> well, that was so bad. Sets <laughs> of that one. The cassettes are so cool. They're oh, so yeah. good. But yeah, what? In regards to this game, I I think the game was incredibly successful and profitable. But the thing is that, like, profit can mean a dollar profit and billions of dollars of profit. So just saying the game was profitable doesn't mean um, that it made enough money for them to warrant keeping it. But I actually think that it, it wasn't a profit issue. I think it was more of... They had to cut something. They had to reduce the, the cost of something. And unfortunately, uh, Transformers was at the bottom of that list. And um, we, we got... Someone posted a Hasbro report back in, uh, like, Monday, I guess, the time of this recording. But, um, yeah, it says that Hasbro was down 29% or something like that, like sales mm-hmm. or profits or something like that. So it's, I think it's revenue. Yeah, revenue. So it's like, uh yeah, it's Toys like- R Us closing has really hurt them, and I think COVID has really hurt them too because you're not going out and buying boys and and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think too, like they uh, they also put about <laughs> like, board games and stuff like that. Like they have uh, Monopoly and all these things that require people to stick across from each other, even outside of card games. And I think it's tragic <laughs> the amount of things that they're just like losing because of this COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and another thing to note is anytime you look at TCG sales for the month and they like rate the top 10 uh, trading card games, and there are a lot out there. I mean, Transformers was frequently in the top 10 and top 7, and I think it even got as high as... Uh, you got fourth one time. Yeah, fourth. So, I mean, like, the game was doing really pretty well. I think one of the issues was a lot of the Transformers fans didn't even know it existed. Like, I would be yeah. on other Transformers pages 
and like recommending the game, you know, in multiple threads. <laughs> People did find out about it, you know, that way. But yeah, I feel like the Transformers community at large just didn't know that it existed. To, to go along with what Kent was saying about uh, being a Transformers fan, I certainly was not. Uh, when, I, <laughs> when I started playing this game, I mean, like, uh, I remember when I was a kid, my brother used to play with Transformers. That that was his thing. He-Man was my thing. It was just a little bit of a time gap. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd see his his yellow Bumblebee and, hey, he has a red Bumblebee, too. I know it's not Bumblebee now. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Starscream. <laughs> My favorite Dinobot. No, uh, I, I know, I know it was Cliff Jumper. I know, <laughs> I, I know. But but see, uh, it's, it was like I, I didn't know much about Transformers. I, I I'd seen the movies. I guess that makes me a really bad Transformers person. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a competitive person. I, I hadn't played a card game in probably ten plus years uh, since I was uh, living. Living in Japan when I was in the Air Force, I was playing. I was still going to PTQs and Grand Prix and stuff in Japan, and that was interesting. Uh, but anyway, I, I pretty much stopped playing Magic like after I got back from there, and that was like a decade ago. So Kent got me back into got me back into this game, and uh, or got me into this game, and it was it was fun. And and I, part of the reason that I that I started playing it was because the set it was during Wave One. It was right there at the beginning. The set was small. Um, it was easy to get all the cards. It didn't cost an arm and a leg to get all the cards. So you could play anything that you wanted, um, which was different from my experience with my previous card game. So um, I, I'm not I'm not real big into the, the Transformers lore, even though I do know who Cliff Jumper is now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, like what happened what what happened to cause this? I, I, I mean I guess I guess it was a money issue with the with the 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 uh, toy sales but i mean i think i think that they were reaching people that they weren't going to that don't care about toys man i i really could not care less about toys um you know for like the last 30 years of my life i haven't cared about toys or at least not those kind of toys i mean i got my own toys you know like uh, a new lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> no but 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 seriously um i i they, they were reaching audiences that they that they might not have been targeting with this sort of thing, like that they might not have been intentionally targeting. Like I was not their target audience, and here I was, you know, spending hundreds of dollars buying booster boxes and and traveling across the country to go play at tournaments like EI. So, I think I think it was a little short-sighted for them to 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 end the game the way that they did because they were reaching a, a broader audience. I mean, I, I like I said, I wasn't a Transformers fan. I it, Kent and I had this discussion about what happened with this set. It, 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 the set is so imbalanced. It almost seems like they knew months ago that they were going to cancel and they just said, send a print, whatever you got, and let's sell it. Because you basically can't play any anything in this current iteration of the game without playing multiple Titan, at least a Titan Master in your, in your deck. So, and it's very, very black uh, heavy. We could talk more about uh, other mechanics and stuff that we'd like to see to, to fix that sort of thing later, but uh, I, I think I think that's what happened, and that's why that's why it seems like this set is so power creeped over the, or Wave Five is so power creeped over the the, the other sets. Plus, it has uh, stratagems and Titan Masters in the same set. It's like those two new mechanics, like right there, it's like boom. 
<laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so I, I have had a long-held belief that they should have put promo cards in the toys. Like they should have said, "Oh, cool! You see, like remember how those they had uh, the comic books uh, in there? Uh, like how they had like uh, that Megatron. It was uh, based on his uh, comic book uh, adaptation, where he's like uh, he's a, a black jet and all that. They had a comic book in with that same package, and if they did the same thing but said, "Hey, here's this character." and their card in the same pack and then the kid would open it up and say there's a card game about this that's cool and it's big and shiny and i like both of those things at the same time adults like, would think that too <laughs> that are buying it exactly and it would pick exactly zero effort for them to do that like they would say okay cool see like even the um like before it would be a little more difficult because it was the bubble plastic in front of the uh, the characters they would have they have uh, boxes now that they're in. So you just pick the character card on the back of the box, boom, perfect right there. It's really disappointing because they never really capitalize on the fact that there is a toy line alongside of this. Well, um, something that, that Bakugan has been doing for, uh, like, I've, I've just recently, um, like, a friend of mine has been trying to get me into Bakugan for a while, but I recently went to the store and I noticed that they are branded as toys that have a game instead of a game first and foremost that have you can't really see what the cards are <laughs> like with this like you get a toy with it something you can play with there was a five-year-old kid who just, who bought one right in front of me in the store and if they had that kind of element in it then it would have had a much farther spread audience just in a, and especially a younger audience which would have mm. helped like just a story of missed uh, opportunities I yeah, think. I think that's probably true too. So I think they were talking about this like, I mean, a while ago. So before, you, you guys remember like the beginning, first couple of waves, right? Like organized play was actually specifically stated as not something that yeah. Wizards was aiming for. And the reason for that was because their target audience for this game was way younger than where it actually oh, yeah. hit, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody in this cast episode was in their target audience range, right? Yeah. You know, I think most of us are, are, are double and triple over the ages that they were thinking we're probably gonna be buying and participating in this. But lo and behold, you know, I, I, here's the thing, right? So pretty much everything that Transformers does is a marketing effort, right? Anything that's yeah. with the IP, the, the show was originally created so that it could sell toys, right? Yeah. The movies and other other iterations of the show was created to sell more toys. The movies were put out so that they could boost their toy sales, which is why we will never stop getting Transformers movies, because every time they release one, their toy sales go through the roof. Yeah, but like another thing, just to twist on that, like I actually had said this to you guys a little bit earlier, uh, that like maybe, maybe they're delaying the set release for... Uh, the Siege series to come out. And I think have, not having a Transformers series, uh, or at least not tying it into to, uh, like Cyberverse or R.I.D. or something like that, uh, definitely hurt them in the long run because it's less brand recognition. Because mm -hmm. kids are going to recognize the iterations of the cartoons that they see on television instead of the cartoons that they definitely have not seen from the 1980s. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest missed opportunities because we were talking you, you were talking about having cards packed in with the toys which is something i i think that they should have done uh, as well kai mentioned uh, when we talked about this earlier that the toys are manufactured in china and the cards are manufactured here actually in texas so 
bundling them together would be maybe too problematic. But one thing is if you go back to Gen 1, on the back of every package, there was a little um, square that you could cut out and you could send that into Hasbro and get, you know, something back from them. And what would be amazing is like, hey, I just bought my Optimus Prime toy. I cut this little piece out. I send it into Hasbro and they send me a Battlefield Legend or whatever with alternate art. With alternate art, I think would have definitely gotten more people that play the game to interact with the toy line. And another That's actually a really too, good point. And I think too, that would make uh, grown up adults like who just like who are purely collectors that would make them nostalgic as heck oh yeah because they would say oh wow i remember doing this as a kid i'm gonna get a reflector oh wait no the reflector's not here anymore but i'm gonna get a card instead i'm gonna do it just mail it off like they have a great idea that's a really great idea yeah and, and just to continue my point from earlier right so like my whole point was i think they saw the game as an additional marketing effort I think they were trying a, a new avenue for them to market to boost their toy sales. And what they weren't seeing was bang for buck on their toy sales. What they accidentally did, and part of this is a huge credit to the team at Wizards of the Coast, is they made an incredible game. Yeah. Right? Like, But it, it feels crazy. like they kind of stumbled into a really good game. I think Mark Rosewater and several people in the design world talk about this a lot, is that restrictions breed creativity. So the restrictions of the IP that they are about the characters, that you want the characters to feel satisfying in a certain way, and that transformation was like a huge component to that, meant that there was a certain set of restrictions that the design team had to work on when they were developing the system for the game, and it led to some really fun, really satisfying gameplay. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I think I've mentioned this probably a three or four, three or four different episodes that I kind of make it my personal business to try every game that I come across trading card games, collectible card game, at least once because I care a lot about like design. I want to see if things innovate mechanics in a new way or certain systems lead to fun play patterns. Um, and I've stuck with two ever. I've stuck with Magic the Gathering, which I've now sold out of, and Transformers. And those are the only ones that have ever stuck. Yeah, not, not that my like opinion is the end-all, be-all of things, but um, I, I do think it says something that for someone who tries everything, the ones that stuck were those two games. That's that's my major thing, and I think that one of the things they didn't realize, one of the things they were taking into account was while they were certainly using this as a marketing effort, my guess is they had a budget that they were affording to the team and and affording to their creative team as far as like time for helping get all this developed that they thought they could use better in other marketing elsewhere. So like I really don't think that it was an issue of I think Kai Kai you said this beautifully right is that it's the profit of their profit could be a dollar profit could be millions of dollars. And I think that while the game was successful and growing actively growing during quarantine which is kind of insanity that it, it, they didn't think it was the best usage of their resources. Now that hurts us and I did feel personally a little blindsided but oh yeah um, that was like the worst thing to wake up to because like I had uh, like uh, I had actually just picked up my phone and just turned like put onto a Facebook and just to like wake myself up. I was still in bed when I saw the thing. I'm like, wow, I'm going to go back to sleep. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> guess I'm staying in bed today. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, all right. <laughs> I came to wake myself up not to be sad. I mean, like, man. <laughs> I've all been afraid of, of this being like an eventuality of COVID, right? Um yeah. 
I don't think it was COVID that killed it. Personally, I think I think I think it was just a Hasbro AXA thing, and they're using COVID as like a, not a scapegoat, but just like a vehicle. Yeah. Right, like it just feels easy for them to cancel yeah. something during during yeah. this period of time. Um, I don't but know. Like that's something else that I noticed is when you look at the branding for the Siege stuff, which is meant to be for like the the hardcore collectors and stuff like that, like for the like the people who who actually care about G One, the people who actually like all of the like that, that heavily painted sort of aesthetic all of the branding for that is gritty and adult it's very it, like all the colors are like black and desaturated yeah i love it <laughs> you know, it's great for adults but when you look at something like cyberverse and you look at something like rid you look at these things that are meant for kids and suddenly it's all vibrant it's like everything is a primary color everything is in your face color like uh like uh, going back to Bakugan, like Bakugan had all these, like everything is a primary color. It's all vibrant. It's all colorful. And kids love that stuff, man. And when you have a booster pack, which is primarily black, <laughs> kids not going to see that. They're, they're going to see the bright and colorful Yu-Gi-Oh pack next to it, right? They're like, it, it. I think the focus on the Siege line was a mistake. I, I legitimately believe that it was a mistake to focus on the hardcore collector side because it wasn't anything the kids knew. <laughs> they, they didn't know it and they didn't want to know it because it was dark and gritty and a, and a parent wouldn't know it either. They would look at it and say, this this seems kind of dark. I'm gonna, oh, hey, look, what's the new Pokemon pack? Oh, wow, it's a cool, cool animal with bright colors all around it. I'm gonna pick that one up instead. Right, that I can make dog fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I, I like, say that, but I played Pokemon like but literally my entire life growing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm still playing Pokemon. I, I want to say again, actually here, uh, I think this is a pretty good time for this, is the people at home, it doesn't really solve anything for us to go through this information. What it is really is more like a little catharsis, right? So I think yeah. part of the reason we're engaging on this topic is to, is to help us as a group and as consumers and as people invested in this game to try and think a little bit more rationally about something that I think all of our react, our visceral reactions were very irrational about. They were very, you know, they were real, they were impulsive, um, they were negative. <laughs> they caused us to, to have difficulty getting an episode out, right? Um, uh, in addition to like the, the issue of like what all went on, I think it's been noticed several times here and off air that it really feels like they left a ton on the table in terms of things they could have thrown into waves or themed them around mechanics they had so like what are you guys individually most sad that watsy never got around to putting into print before uh, the big whammy hit us so for me i i think it's probably tied between the revenge mechanic and uh micromasters like micromasters they also eventually had like the grand scheme of being patrols and that was great and everything but then the type ability didn't matter on them. You, <laughs> only one, only one has ever really been something, and that was Flak, and that was because you could play an upgrade and try and one-shot someone at the beginning of the game, and that was literally it. I've night flighted uh, somebody before. That's fair. You have. I think it was me. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might have been you. It actually, it actually, very much might have been you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but uh, the tap ability just seems really neat, and, and I think they played it too safe as most of their yeah. mechanics were for for good reason and uh same with revenge too like it was they played it too safe because ptt still existed peace of tyranny so okay. i've seen that not get fleshed out into something cool where it's like oh you killed my guy i get to do something cool was disappointing really so 
totally agree. As far as mechanics go, something that is totally missing that, that needs to happen for this game to have longevity other than just being like a big Wave 5 uh, game uh, would be some sort of pip that stops Pierce or reduces Pierce. Like a, like a blue pip that doesn't stop, uh, that, that doesn't add armor but adds um, anti-Pierce. Like every aquamarine pip that you flip uh, stops <laughs> one every, every indigo pip <laughs> indigo <laughs> right <laughs> sorry i shouldn't laugh <laughs> this is too funny but that, that that that's definitely that's definitely where i think that they needed to go with when i kept saying we need wave six we need wave six that, that's what i was thinking like something that would stop uh pierce because pierce was completely out of control yeah, I think I think that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a lore answer. I have tons of mechanics answers. I think what I'm looking for most, what I wish they had done most, was mini cons. I wish that they had found a way to integrate mini cons into the game. I would have loved to see them as like modal upgrades where they were did something. You know, for example, like Swindle with Starscream. Maybe he did like a specific extra benefit for being on Starscream. But they're kind of like they're kind of like the signature weapons that were in Wave One but or since upgrades from wave one but you know with some kind of like added utility kind of in the same way that the stratagems are really like the new star cars where they started out uh, on your team you didn't quite have to like draw them and hope to get lucky um i would have loved to see them really go deep on mini cons really the whole armada continuity is fantastic in my opinion my man. um <laughs> a man after my own heart we, we were literally talking about this the other day right like yeah. how how like they missed a huge opportunity because armada is awesome and like i have vivid recollections of it from when i was younger watching it on on television and oh, yeah. um I, I don't know that's what i miss most i think that there was probably a lot of money in that and I, we've talked about this before in like our own conversations where i think the concept of what mini cons are to make them actually different from what battle masters are and what stratagems are would be difficult to actually carve out that niche but what i do think is that you have such a specific um, role that they play and such a wide swath of characters but as soon as you figure out like the basic system requirement it seems like it's just a windmill slam dunk uh, to include as small characters in sets uh, and I think the, the you know once that one of the things they did that I really really loved was when they started including small characters and large characters in packs like in in starting in, in uh, siege one because I, I thought that that made it feel like my my pack openings were like more relevant. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I loved that. See, I like the uh, I like that the idea of like using like uh, having mini cons in the game because like I love the idea of having like uh, uh, character cards that are in your deck you can like play, fulfill an effect, and then flip them over into characters. That seems really cool. It's like really strong, but I think it's like really interesting. You can like work something out with that. Make it like a like a five star card you put in your deck. It's crazy. Uh, something that I really loved was Triple Changers. I thought the Triple Changers were so cool, and they did them so badly. Mm, wave two. <laughs> wave two. God, they were so bad. Like, they said, like, uh, like, oh, let's just give one bold in this mode, and tough in this mode. What about Pierce? in the robot mode. It's like, wow, thanks, man. And the worst part was they had to have specific upgrades to work. It's like, ugh. Blitzwing was almost good. Cause like you could attack with him and then turn him into a stealth guy. Mm -hmm. And like, he was like, that was really cool. But like, 
but he's also bad. <laughs> His stats are horrible. 13 health? 13 health for yeah. 11 stars? And if you whiff, if you whiff, he has zero defense! Yeah. In wave 5, you know how much health you get for 11 stars? It's like, it's like 17. It's, like it's 17 before the head pops off. Exactly. It's stupid. It's so stupid. Like, they had something going with Octone, and they had something going with Sandstorm. Like, Sandstorm had Springer, too. Yeah, like, Springer... Yeah, like, I guess that was, like, their really only, like, good, like, widely used tri triple changer, him and Octone. But, like, even then, Octone was just like, oh, here's the mode you're gonna be using this game. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. Like, I wanted to have, like opportunities to flip more it was just like I'm, I'm so disappointed that they never got around to like actually making cool triple triple changers i don't know even even astro train or ape face too they kind of did ape face dirty ape face was god awful like yeah. although you can have some really cool things with ape face nowadays with like um uh Kimian crash because like you can damage ape face in his uh ape mode where he has a uh, okay bolt. that sounds better that doesn't sound that bad yeah, because like you, you can like give him bold two, but he's five bold two against effectively a damaged enemy at that point because you're doing using Cambian Crash, you're using one shells, and you know who does that for seven stars? Mr. Old Barrage from Wave oh, One. Oh hell yeah, my man! Like he's just he's just way better than Ape Face ever could be. It's like ugh. it's disappointing. First beast though. That's Ape true. Ape Face was our first That's beast true. in the game. That's true. And that keyword that they never got to expand upon, poor guy. Beast and Wreckers just got done so dirty. Uh, at least the Wreckers got some support. Beast didn't get any. Quote unquote, some support. Yeah, some support. They had that one upgrade that draws Scout two armor. cards, and then they had <laughs> And that was it. And it's just they didn't have time to get to everything. I think we would eventually have seen all of these things come to fruition um, had the game not stopped um, with official support. So for me, I was so looking towards Wave 6 for Earthrise. Um, having it coincide with the toy line was very exciting for me. Um, and not that we know that Earthrise was the next set, but I think we all kind of knew. I wanted so bad for Wave 6 to, like, pull out the bottom of that box and it's Scorponok as the giant titan. Um, that's my favorite character of all time. He's the most deep and complex character in the Transformers lore and comic history, except for maybe Autobot Megatron. And also I thought we would see Skylinks because he's a part of Earthrise. And that's also one of my favorite characters. And I was just thinking, hey, they're gonna announce Wave 6 any moment now. I'm gonna order these toys because I love these characters so much. And the next day they canceled official support for the game and that left kind of a sour taste in my mouth. Um, and the other part is everyone knows I'm a huge, huge, huge Beast Wars fan. Thank God someone said it. I was waiting for someone to oh say Beast Wars. Oh my God, I, want, I wanted Beast Wars so, so bad. And it was crazy that we saw the uh, War for Cybertron 
uh, chapter three or whatever. And Kingdom, would, yeah. Kingdom, and it was going to have the Beast Wars yes. characters in it. Yep. And I'm like, yes, I cannot wait for this. This is going to be so sick in the card game. This is what so many people have been waiting for. And a week later, the game's gone. Yeah. Uh, with official support, I mean. I'm really glad you said Beast Wars. That was the one I was I was referencing in the beginning of mine, where I was like, I think people are probably expecting me to say Beast Wars. I've railed about the fact that we don't have it in. You know, uh, back back when um, things weren't so wonky, Drew even said, I think in a couple emails or a couple interviews, where he's like, Beast Wars is coming. Like Beast Wars is on the docket for things for us to do. So if the if and when the game ever gets picked back up, maybe post COVID, fingers crossed. I don't mean to so. Uh, seeds of getting people's hopes super, super high. But I'm just saying, like, hypothetically, if that happens, maybe that's one of the things that they'll do to hype it up to bring it back, because they would do they would do Beast Wars. Um, I'm, but, in the, I'm in the Hawkeye situation from, like, Endgame, where he's, like, in Japan, and, like, uh, Black Widow, like, walks up and he looks over and says, just, like, don't. Don't give me hope. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to do it like that. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just saying I, I've played Vampire the Eternal Struggle uh, off and on throughout the years. That game has died twice with official support and been brought back twice and now still has official support. Fifth edition comes out in September. It's been going on for over two decades and the community carried that game each time it died. And support was so big. Support was so big that, like, another company bought the franchise and then decided to start printing cards. I mean, so it can happen. I'd look, I'd look into it, but it just feels like an eternal struggle to play, man. But <laughs> 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 uh, uh, oh, Matt. Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> I am home. <laughs> <laughs> to piggyback off what you're saying, Kent, I mean, like there are other plenty. Of, there are other plenty of games that are like you know, quote unquote, their official support is dead, but they're alive and well. The Star Trek CCG, which we've actually seen a couple of people like right before things got uh, pulled, like we saw uh, like a, a influx of a couple of groups of people from that game start to play Transformers. Uh, we've seen like, there's Star Wars Destiny still has ongoing community stuff and independent committees that are putting out cards and. Um, like that are made of, of prominent figures within their own player groups. And, and that's awesome to see too. I mean, speaking of hope, I, I know that things have been a little difficult as of late for every member of the community, not just us, but how have you all been engaging with TFTCG as of late? What are you playing? How are you playing? Are you playing? Yeah, I'm not really playing right now. I'm, I, as, as I've said before, I'm not Mr. Tech guy, so I haven't done uh, webcam games. I haven't played on Octagon. Or anything like that, and you know, actually, I haven't been super motivated the, because, as as I've said before, the the format is really very it's very slanted in just <laughs> it, with with just a, a a few decks being really viable. I mean, you know, part, it just doesn't seem like it's necessary to play test when it's so obvious what's really good. Uh, how I've been kind of like messing with the TFTCG recently is. Aside from uh, making a mural and uh, <laughs> laying it to rest in, in, in a nice silk-laden casket, uh, I've been kind of, kind of like just in the back of my mind trying to put together cool things from Armada. <laughs> I've been going like, okay, cool. So how do we make Optimus Prime combine with its trailer? 
And then, like, I've been thinking, like, okay, what colors are we going to make Predacons and Maximals? It's like, Maximals are green. What are Predacons going to be? And I, like, I had, like, a whole bunch of different things. Like, Waspinator, I was like, okay, how do we make people want to kill Waspinator as the whole thing? And make him, like, just this unlucky dude who always dies. Make like, him pink. All... <laughs> right? You can have, like, I actually had the idea of, like, Waspinator being, like, incredibly powerful. But, like, he has three HP. And, like, yeah. your opponent can burn him down and he just dies. <laughs> so he just always dies first. But, like, if he ever survives, he just dominates. Like, it was, like, so, so many cool ideas. And I was, like, it was, the obvious ones are just saying, like, oh, cool, revenge, do something. But, like, nah. I've been, thanks to school picking up, uh, thanks to a lot of things i just kind of haven't really been doing much with it and i've just been kind of wondering what i'm gonna be doing with it in the future for me i'm not super excited about it but at the same time with you know some of these committees forming and these groups making new cards and saying hey we're gonna have you know official tournaments on webcam octagon and possibly at conventions again uh, once COVID is over. I mean, that gives me a lot of hope. I've seen so many games continue on. And then, I mean, think about the Versus System game. I mean, that that game's from like over 15 years ago. And it's back all of a sudden. And people are playing it. And there are events. And it's a living card game now, so it's really easy to get the cards for it. And things like that can happen. I've just seen it so many times where the community just keeps rallying and keeps it alive. And I think that our community is very, very strong. And I thought I would see more people sell their collections than I have. A lot of people love their cards and they love the game and they don't want to get rid of them. I actually bought more cards. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I, I bought a, a Wave 2 box, the last Wave 2 box in my area, and a Wave 5 box. And uh, with one of the extra promos that from the announcement that Drew made, uh, Epshire Perceptor promos, because that way it gave me a set of sealed boxes, one from every wave. So Very I could have cool. that as part of like you know my shrine to this yeah. game. I have, a, I have booster packs from, it, from each set. I think I'm actually missing one from Rise of the Combiners, but like, which is sad, and I just don't want to spend the money on a Rise of the Combiners pack. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, it just hurts to buy. It's like, even though it's, <laughs> there's no tournaments for this anymore, but God. Bashing Shield, man. Bashing Shields. There's open uh, Bashing Shield, be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got we to piece together the, uh, the whole Dinobot line just so we can use Jurassic Punch. Uh, no, but no, I have, I have the same thing kind of going on where I have like this collection of things I can have for posterity's sake. Yeah, like, well, and speaking of that, you know, I have a few uncut sheets. I have several signed cards from Ken Nagel and Drew. Oh, yeah. Thought about framing those. I've got the three multi-mission gears that are signed. Um, and I've thought about framing that stuff and I just haven't gotten around to it and now i'm like man do i really want to put all that stuff up in my game room now i don't know it's just it's it's painful as weird as that might sound but i mean i feel like this became my main hobby because yeah. my main hobby before was uh the comics and and video games i'm just a huge huge gamer but once this game got a hold of me i 
didn't play a lot of video games anymore. I was yeah. playtesting and trying to get better and figure things out. And I mean, for me, I mean, I've, I've been playing in uh, tournaments, both on Octagon and over webcam, uh, basically the entirety of COVID. Like as soon as they started making tournaments, I was starting to play in tournaments. I was late to join the Vector Sigma tournament tier thing by one. I missed their first constructed tournament, which was a huge bummer for me. Um, I didn't get to play in that. But uh, as soon as, as COVID looked like it was just going to be a long-term thing, I was like, well, I, gotta, I have an itch to scratch. I got I to gotta beat some face. And I got to flip some bots. And that's what's got to happen. So I'm going to do whatever I can to make it happen. Um, and right even, time. yeah, both of those things, same time. Um, but right now I'm in, I'm in the Octagon tournament that Kent is in. I'm playing, a, I'm playing a cool new deck too, actually. I think there might be some legs there. Um, and uh, I'm in the Vector Sigma tournament. Kai and I just got paired for round three. And Ooh, fun. Uh, I drew basically the nuts against him in both of our games, which is unfortunate for Kai. Uh, Alas. <laughs> better um, than me better than me playing Infrarise Shield off the top. I'd rather that <laughs> than that. <laughs> it's true. Although the first game, oh man, first game missing missing twelve on your swing was super rough. Um v Vector Sigma made an effort to collect members from different groups and different like regions of the game, um, as it stands in the community right now, in order to like uh, kind of like tap members for a for a player's community in order to to create new cards um, in small batches on a more regular basis going forward. Um, and I am participating actively in that. Um, we've already got a lot of our first round of designs in and playtesting is gonna be ensuing here shortly in order to make sure things are thoroughly vetted, they're not busted. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully they exist in a sweet spot where uh, it really makes people, you know, continue to be excited about their collections. Uh, by the way, like the focus of that, of our first release is supposed to be um, stratagems that are reflecting on Wave One characters to bring some relevance back into your older your older peeps, give some breathe some new life into those into those uh, characters. So I'm actually really excited about that project because I would love to pull some of my old rares out of the binder, you know, out of the boxes and, and, and dust them off a little bit. Living weapon. Uh, he is on the list. He is yes, definitely he, on the list. He's on the list. Don't worry. Come on, I'm I'm come on, viable Megatron. If anyone has been listening to this podcast for a long time, I just want Megatrons to be playable. I, I don't even want them to be like tier one. Just like, just like make them make me not feel embarrassed to take one to a tournament. That's all I want. Well, lucky for you, that's the goal of this project because <laughs> I am also on the committee, and um, yeah, that's basically been the main way I've kept up with the game because I've. I'm in the Octagon tournament, I'm in the Vector Sigma tournament, but the webcam tournament that Timothy Theo is running, I just don't have time to play in that one, otherwise I would. So, but yeah, I've, I've been playing in the tournaments. I'm making decks for uh, Primus, which if you don't know what that is, that's the cool. multiplayer format that uh, Richard has been doing. How did and, I forget uh, about Primus? It's awesome, <laughs> it's awesome. Can't wait to play. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun ha having a new set of rules deck building rules to play around it, it it makes the game a lot of fun not that it wasn't but you know it's a different kind of fun so pretty much that's been how i've mainly engaged with the game now since the news mm -hmm. uh i mean that makes uh, first of all i think every one of those responses first i don't think that any of us are particularly engaging in the same way which i think is interesting i think kai you and i probably have the most overlap but um, I find it interesting that we're still all, even though we're a team, uh, even though like we, we talk every day, we're kind of engaging a little bit differently uh, person to person, which I think is interesting. 
Uh, but regardless of what anyone else uh, says, and regardless of, you know, like uh, the life that is surely left in the game, the way we're engaging with it now, um, this news, this this moment in time, is if nothing else, uh, the end of the first era uh, or the first act of the game's life, right? Um, and what is the end of an era or what is the end of a period of time without reminiscing? So I figured, like at this portion, I'd ask you guys what your favorite memory from having been a part of this game and the awesome community around it so far has been. So up until now, what's your favorite memory around TFTCG? Origins was one of my big tournament where I actually placed really, really high like that. And I, I had I didn't even win, and I'm still like on cloud nine on it. Like it's just it's crazy. Like like it's, it means so much to me to have something like that happen. But I think. My favorite memory, my favorite, favorite memory about this is showing Cog to Ken, Ken, uh, Ken Nagel. Like I, I was, it was at Origins and I like looked at him and I said, hey man, you wanna, you wanna take out a deck I looked? Uh, like, do you wanna check out a deck that I made? And he's like, yeah, cool, I love seeing people's decks. And I'm like, alright. And I call over another friend of mine and he's like, hey, sit across from me. Pick any deck you want, and just clobber the tar out of this guy, and like, and like immediately, like after the game, like you can see just like, I, I believe I actually uh, said to uh, Ken, "Is like, hey man, um, this wouldn't be a thing if PTT didn't get extra turns, because it was with Cog and Erratic Energy Grenade, and that was the whole thing. You just you just spread Erratic Energy Grenade every single turn." And getting extra turns on PTT, and you just killed your opponent's entire field. And he just says, "All right, that's crazy." Uh, and he picks up the phone. He Im immediately gets on the phone, and he walks away. And I don't know if it was like the next day or the next like I think it was like maybe a week later. PTT has the change where you can't get extra turns on it, and that like that right there. Oh, <laughs> it it's, it sounds like I'm stroking my own ego. And I am. <laughs> That's the point of this segment, though. This but like, yeah, gonna it, be it, a little so ego fun. stroking. Oh, but it, it was just so fun. It was so so fun. Yeah, I think for me, um, my favorite memory is probably, and I, I, I hope I don't steal you guys' uh, list of this. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say a different one because I have a bunch of positive memories from this. Um, my steal favorite our memory. Thunder. Steal our thunder, please. No, 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 no. I'm gonna. Uh, I think my favorite memory when I was playing my last round uh, at EI of Swiss, um, because I was the I was the only X and one person that had to play because I got a pair down in the last round, and my opponent could not draw into top eight. So while I could have, he could not have. So he he made us play. We couldn't ID, which is fine. You know. He's supposed to take the action that's most reserved for him. Um, and I had not had good matchups with my Jetfire deck basically the entire day except for the Blaster deck I played the round before. Um, and my opponent goes, Wait, no, let's play. And I got, I'm like, all right. So we get out our cards, and he sets down Major Shockwave. Now, I don't know if, if, you, if how much you guys know about the Jetfire deck that I put together for EI, but the entire basis around it was that it was good against Blaster, so four wide aggro, and Shockwave. The only reason I played it in your Shockwave matchup, like it was hard to lose. They had to play uh, at least three copies of the bigger they are in order to beat you over the course of a game, um, which is a lot. And so on top of that, I also had, um, a, I had a good hand and there were a ton of people sitting around us watching the game. 
And I don't think a lot of people had given Jetfire a, a ton of respect at the point that EI had actually happened. Um, and so, like, I got to sit down with my two tall Jetfire list. I got to play against a, like one of the matchups that is exemplary of why I took it to the tournament in the first place. I got to play against an opponent and um, absolutely throttle him. Um, and it, it just it felt really, really satisfying to, to know that I was eight and one. I was first in Swiss top seed going into top eight. Now, I then proceeded to blunder away, right? I didn't I didn't win my quarterfinals match, but but like playing that match and like riding the high um, out of the day was fantastic for me because that I lost my second round in that in, in on day one of, of the of the EI. Which means that I was one and one going into round two and I won my next seven matches in a row. My man. Riding that high out of the of the tournament hall on that day I mean, like that is, I had, I felt, I felt so good. I felt, I, I, I like, uh, it was. I felt really, really rewarded and affirmed all the time and the testing I'd put into this and um, the tournament reports I had written about, like, hey, this deck is good. Here's what I change. Here's what's, here's a reason to play it. Here's why not to play it. Um, I felt very affirmed in my decision making. I, yeah, that's probably my favorite memory, or at least one of them. Just to say one last thing, I think I told like maybe like one or two of you guys this story. But it was at the EI, and I kind of feel bad for telling the story because it's about one of my opponents. But I, and I, and I have no idea what this guy's name is. He, he was a really nice guy, but I was playing Astro Train, right? And yeah, first, first, right off the bat, I was playing Astro Train. This was uh, this in sealed. Yeah, this was in sealed. Sorry, yeah, this, this was it was it was in sealed. Okay, I that's, that's less funny. That's I was less gonna fun. say, man, it's almost like you were getting to play against Whirl at, there it at is. EI. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Man, it took us a while to get a Whirl drop in this podcast. Oh, oh, extra padding. That was my favorite card in this list, by the way. Oh, oh, um, so, so speaking, I actually played extra padding in the deck. Uh, it was one of my only armor cards in the entire deck, but I was still playing Astro Train because I'm a masochist. But anyway, <laughs> I had an Astro Train. And I managed to draw like a couple of uh, one or two indestructible uh, swords in my booster packs, and I had an indestructible sword on Astro Train, my opponent. He uh, he played uh, dismantle, uh, which was uh, which you know uh, discard either a, a weapon or a an armor from one of my guys, and of course he picks the indestructible sword because he just didn't read it, and I'm like. Okay, cool. I'm gonna pick up an indestructible sword, give it its ability, put it in my hand. I, I looked at it as I said that too, and then on my turn, play the sword, attack on Astro Train. It's like, okay, cool. Um, so he draws a card, stares for a second. He's like, I'm gonna play this mantle and get rid of your sword. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I, I say, like, I, I look at it and I'm like, I, I'm gonna pick up my sword <laughs> because of its ability and put it in my hand. And then he plays another dismantle after, like, the next turn after I play it. And he's, and then I say, I pick it back up and I play it a, another time. And he says, "Man, how do you keep getting that? Are you serious? I'm dead. I'm dead serious. And I, I had to contain myself as I'm sitting here, like, staring at this man. It's like." It's like round five, man. <laughs> like this man had won games, like several games at that point. I, I was like, I want to say I was three-one at the time. 
round, like, round five, you could have tournament fatigue at round five if you're playing a really rough deck. Like, that could be a real thing that happens. Well, that's true. But I just, like, looking at him square in the face and saying, like, I'm going to use the ability on the indestructible sword and just... <laughs> I was just... My mind was boomed for the rest of the tournament, man. I think a lot of you know what I'm going to say, but... Um... <laughs> Playing the COG combo deck on stream at PPT uh, Dallas, I think game one on like turn two. Um, yeah, on your, the, on your the, first turn. Yeah, yeah, on the first turn that I could actually play. Yeah, it was turn one, I think game one, because mm -hmm. um, I let you go first because uh, I won the die roll. And then um, you siding down to Jetfire, which I was just blown away by that until your first turn. And then I was like, okay, now I get it. Oh God, I gotta go off real quick. And then I didn't. And you checkpointed me twice. I think you espionaged me maybe also. I, che I checkpointed you the first turn and then you had equipment enthusiast left. And then I had espionage in my hand for the next turn when I espionaged you to take your equipment enthusiast. And then I killed Cog and you drove and played like a defensive driving and conceded. Yeah, yeah, it, that was rough. And then, yeah, the third game was Peace Through Tyranny again, yay. And then, like, three days later, they banned multi-mission gear, and yeah. that was amazing. And props to, to Matt, uh, because he showed the potential with COG at Origins. We just ran with it. Joel ended up helping with that, that deck as well. And what was really crazy is... A couple days before PPT Dallas, um, another member of the community was like, hey, there's a combo deck out here with like Captain Wheeljack and some specialists, and it's going to be everywhere. And if you don't have turbo board in your, you know, sideboard, like you're going to get wrecked by this combo deck that's just going to be everywhere. So be ready. And the thing was... We had already been testing the COG combo deck for months at that point. So literally, I figured out in just a few days of how to like win the game, even with turbo board in play. Yeah. And you God. have to go off on your opponent's turn. And I asked Joel about it. I asked Matt about it. And like at 10 o'clock that night before the tournament, I posted a picture of Cog with all these turbo boards around him, and it's like, it doesn't matter. Ended up like killing so many people in the Swiss on their turn because of Cog. And it was just, it was so badass. I love that deck. Combo decks are kind of my thing anyway. I just love those kind of archetypes. I would say there's one other thing, and that was meeting all of you and getting one, like one of my best friends for my entire life to play a card game again with me. And, and that's Joel. And that, I mean, dude, like, man, I'm like- Hey there. I, I, I'm trying. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to like not get emotional, but like the you friendships that man. I made. Podcast, man, get it, get in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the one. The the friendships that I made with with you guys, and we've gotten so close. Y'all have been so so amazing. Whether I'm gushing over how much I love something or complaining to the a level ten about something <laughs> that I don't like. 
And you guys have just been so awesome. And I, I love that. And I met so many friends at Origins and then seeing them again on the different circuit stops, these major events and just like, hey, it's you. And like, we hug it out, you know, and that's something that I, I'm really going to miss. So for me, mine was, is going to be Gen Con. Like that experience was just unreal. Like, so I wanted to go to Origins, but if I knew, I knew if I went to Origins, I would not be able to go to Gen Con because it was just like two weeks that they announced Origins and Gen Con. And that was just completely unrealistic. So I decided to go to Gen Con and um, yeah, the, the first day of the tournament was just really crazy because um, me, Calvin, and uh, one of our other friends, we were all playing basically the same Shockwave list. And we were, oh, Calvin didn't do that good because he literally just picked up the deck that day. But um, me and my other friend, the other friend, we were doing really well. And um, one of the, f- the funniest <laughs> memories I've ever had playing this game was, um, so I got paired up against Joe, uh, not, yeah, Joe from Wreck and Roll on uh, round two. And he had played Calvin before, so he was going into another Shockwave matchup. And he destroyed Calvin. Uh, no offense to Calvin, but he, he just wasn't ready to play that deck. So when he came to me, he I'm not going to say that he, he had uh, conceded like he was going to win, but it was like he had to prepare for the matchup again. And I just eviscerated him, basically. Like, mm. I, it was it was so bad. Like, when I game two, I had point defense system, that, and he was playing a major sound wave. So he was all about Pierce. And that basically just shut him down. And uh, I still I still watch that Gen Con video that they did every now and then where uh, Joe looks in the camera and says, and Kai destroyed me. And I'll never forget that. Okay, thanks, Kai. So, <laughs> that, it's, as, as self-conceited as it is, I still that still makes me giggle every now and then. So, yeah. This is clearly so far. This segment has been nothing but, and forgive my language, just masturbatory, basically. So yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I started off the podcast talking about Sasha Grace, so we can do. Oh, we're God. already there, my man. Uh, move it along, move it along, move it along. <laughs> but yeah, I, I ended up getting top eight in that first tournament with Shockwave, and that was that was a really good feeling. I didn't do as well in the top thirty-two on Sunday, but that that Gen Con was another thing, man. So. I'll never forget that. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I didn't win EI or uh, anything like that, so I'm not going to talk about my accomplishments during the game. Uh, I mean, I, I, I did do well in, in the tournaments I played in, but for me, I think the like my favorite part about this game was probably, um, you know, when Kent and I were making that video of our box opening, I, I, I opened that world and I threw it away, and and I got it back from Oscar the Grouch. Uh, signed my whirl and handed it back to me. So I have my Oscar the Grouch whirl framed that that I got out of the dumpster, oh, so uh, just hanging on my wall. But oh my god, <laughs> it, it, it's also for sale on TCG Player for a meager. $10,000, a damaged twirl that he will take off his um, his wall if it sells. That's right, and <laughs> and I just want to reiterate, Whirl is not good. Whirl is not good. <laughs> uh, he's very agree, agree he's terrible. So for real, for real though, um, I want to kind of piggyback on 
on what Kent was saying, you know, like I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really uh, big into competition. I'm a, I'm a competitor, as I, as I've said multiple times, even on just this podcast. This didn't really have a whole lot to do with that. It was Transformers for me. I mean, I recognized the game. As matter, I recognized the, the IP. But you know, as a matter of fact, when Kent first showed me, I was like, dude, come on, this is Transformers. This is gonna be stupid. This is not gonna be good. And but he convinced me, and I tried it, and. And it was a it was a really cool game, and and I and I got into it, and and what what I what I take most from it, you know, I I, I enjoy the competition. I, I I wish I could have traveled more and gone to gone to the the big tournaments of like Origins and Gen Con, and just didn't work out. That those were not uh, things that I could do uh, financially, or uh, you know, just like life happens. But um, the the relationships like with you guys and and you know EI was like the big uh, travel the one big travel that I that I found my way into doing and getting to travel the, with those guys uh, you know staying staying with 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 uh, Adam and Damien and Thirteen and Kai <laughs> that, that that was that was a lot of fun and. And and I and you know I just live for things like like the after party that w- that I went to, and I, and I got to hang out with Scott, and uh, with Dan and Vince, and, and you know it was so cool, so cool at EDI um, when I when I took my blaster over Vince, and I'm not saying that getting my blaster side by Vince was like the coolest thing ever. I, I mean, it, it is cool. No, no offense, Vince. You're awesome. I, I, but what, what was, was really cool is how me asking Vince to sign uh, Blaster made Vince feel. And I thought that was, yeah, man. that was, that was awesome. I mean, Very I was, cool. I so was wholesome. super stoked. Yeah. Oh. After all of us self-congratulating, Joel just finishes with the wholesome, oh, heart-touching yeah. story. <laughs> that's right, man. That, that, that's me. I'm, I'm wholesome and, Heart and heartfelt. <laughs> Kai, Kai, Kent, and I, none of us mentioned this, but we also all had a, an awesome time at PPC Orlando, the Invitational, um, which yeah. we, we greatly missed Joel at, but we had a fantastic time. Not just us, but also with our good friend from New Braunfels, uh, Brendan. Uh, so Brendan Holt, yes. if you're out there listening, uh, you know, Big Daddy Octone. Um, <laughs> but that was just an incredible time. A surprisingly good Mexican food restaurant. Uh, walking back, Kai, I don't know if you remember this, like us walking back to the hotel um, after Saturday, or I don't know if it was Sunday or Saturday, but it was just like so much longer than it said on the map. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it said it was like 10 minutes and then we were like 15, 17 minutes somehow. It was, it was, like, it was like 17 minutes and like we had backpacks on. It was, oh, anyway, uh, I, got, I got my steps in that day though. That's definitely for sure. And. Um, just like a really really fun trip overall i know that we've kind of had like a a nice reflective moment i think uh, that's probably a good time for us to, to get into one of the bigger questions which is uh, we talked about this off air a bit uh, but but what are y'all's plans regarding the you know the transformers ccg going forward so i have a sort of a thing where i'm trying to get my invite with pokemon this year so mm-hmm. i actually have some leftover points from my previous pokemon season and this season, I'm definitely going to try as kind of a one last ride, if you will, to get that invite that I never got when I was like 11, right? It's one of those things where I'm just like, it's one of those things you really just want like, more than anything else, right? And whether that you know changes my, uh, the way I play the Transformers card game or not, I, 
I still do think that I'm going to be playing it to a lesser degree. So another thing about me, I don't know if you know this, or the, uh, just for the sake for the sake of the viewers, um, I happen to live in an area where all of the playgroups are so vastly spread out. Uh, you have people just like so vastly far apart from each other, you can't get a good group going. Now that the game no longer has support from Wizards, I mm -hmm. just know that that is going to be just completely shriveled. If I'm going to continue playing it, I'm going to be playing it online. Oh, something like Octagon or something like that. But I'm just not going to be sitting, staying up until 2 a.m. like I used to, just building decks. Uh, which is unfortunate to say, but it's just not in the cars. Yeah, man. <laughs> so be honest. The whole point of this is, to, is for us to be honest with, with people, right? Like, and and uh, you know, um, I think one one of the major ways that both Kai and I are probably going to be engaging with the game going forward is is our attempts at uh, you know releasing regular pro regular like uh, new life, new cards through the players committee. Um, uh, you know uh, that we're a part of and that we're vetting things through. And you're a, the exact type of person I would like to have as a resource for my playtesting because I tend, generally speaking, when I make cards for things, I err on the side of push and then I ratchet back. That's just how I've always yeah. done things. Yeah, sure. So people whose brains, like yours, Matt, to break things the way that you like approach engaging in games is breaking them you are the perfect resource for someone like me where i'm like all right i was wrong let's pull it back some yeah um, I, I have this weird philosophy of if everything bro is broken then nothing is we are you um speaking of which I, I i think i'll just go next since i've already talked about this a little bit um first of all uh, i'm gonna be playing in tournaments as long as it makes sense for me to be doing so um uh, the, the, like the ones I'm already invested in right now, I'm not going to stop playing in those things. I love the game. I love competing. I think we, I, I finally got my, my webcam set up, figured out uh, just a little while, you know, probably like, a, like three weeks ago for how to actually like play things consistently with like not the most terrible video quality. So I'm not going to give up on it now. I did all that work. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm still gonna be doing those things. Uh, we'll still be, you know, I still plan on doing the podcast with you guys, um, and uh, hopefully, we'll be putting out some some cards that uh, uh, that people will be able to appreciate, be able to play with in a competitive settings that will that will have been vetted. Um, we'll probably be play testing some of those earlier iterations of those things live when we can, so that people get to get to see the kind of stuff we're working on um, in the meantime. Uh, at least video recordings, at least video recordings. We might not, if we can't set up a stream, we can't set up a stream, but at least releasing videos of that kind of stuff, um, seeing if things are busted. You might see things change in real time <laughs> because I realized that I pushed a number one too far in the wrong direction, looking at you, Sky Shadow. Um, but yeah, uh, that's probably the way that I will be most engaging with the game uh, going forward. Yeah, for me, I intend to playing online stuff, uh, whether it's webcam or octagon. And once there's live tourneys again, I do intend on playing on the in those. I probably, and I know we've talked about this a little bit internally, of us continuing to work and play Transformers, but look at other possible games as well. I am greatly impressed with everything I've seen with Force of Will. 
So, and especially the local Dallas community with it too, is just a lot bigger than I ever thought it was. And so friendly. I'm probably gonna be playing two games and there's just so many events for that game and just been very impressed with it. And I'll still continue with Transformers, of course, and especially if we have big tournaments at conventions once again, like I will definitely be going full force with that. So yeah, uh, I'm on the committee, just like Richard said. Um, that's probably gonna be the main way I'm going to interact with the game. Um, I, I don't know how much of the Octagon tournaments I'll probably play in, but I'll probably try and play in the Vector Sigma ones at least. Um, it's just simply because the webcam is just a little easier to set up a match and then just do it. Because you you get the cathartic feeling of uh, flipping your, mm. your bot. Which is, mm. Mm. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, when you flip that top loader and you hear that noise, like it feels good. So it I'll does. probably get, every I'll get, time. I'll get that fixed every so often with them. But, uh, <laughs> get, get a little hit. But yeah, it's, the committee is probably where I'm going to probably put most of my uh, efforts into and uh, this, the YouTube channel, of course, um, whenever we do videos for that, which I'll probably still try and do whatever I can. But yeah, that's the foreseeable future. Right Plenty now. of Primus stuff coming out because we can't stop playing those games. So <laughs> yeah, at the very least, you'll, you guys will get that. <laughs> Well, for me, this is uh, pretty much my swan song. I'm going to step away from Transformers, uh, at least competitively. If I continue to play um, uh, casually, I mean, I still play Magic, even though I quit playing that game like a decade or more ago. I mean, I don't. I, I play Cube with a couple friends, mm, and that's it. So uh, we, we haven't played in months for obvious reasons. I haven't seen any of those guys in, in months, but. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm stepping away from the team. I'm not gonna play Transformers anymore. I still have all of my cards. I I, I haven't bailed on that or anything. So if the game comes back, I'll I'll, I'll be back to play. I might not be back on the team, uh, you know, because. I'm oh, you're of, never off the team, Joel. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. But uh, I'm. I mean, you know, for for those of you that uh, this is the last time you're gonna hear my voice, at least for for quite a while. And and like I said, I, I cherish those opportunities to. To meet new people and 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 travel and and get to hang out with people at after events and stuff like like uh, what happened at uh, at EI and for anyone that's interested in keeping up with me, um, I'm I'm a musician. I don't know how many of y'all know that I'm a, a professional musician. Is what I do for a living. I play trombone. So if you're interested in like following what I do, you could go uh, check out my website. Uh, it's GrizzleStudio.net and you can see what I do and keep up with what's going on with me if you're interested. Spell it out. So uh, I don't know how to spell my name. <laughs> G-R-I-Z-Z-E-L-L-E-S-T-U-D-I-O dot net. That's GrizzleStudio.net. You should do it. He's got. Uh, he's a talented man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, hey. Um, all right. Well, I think probably the last key thing uh, to hit on uh, is the fact that our channel, website, and even podcast will be continuing on. Uh, videos are still going to be coming out pretty regularly, like Kai mentioned. We've got some more spicy multiplayer games coming up in the Primus format, um, including some... Uh, I think it, the next installation might have the reason why multi-mission gear and swap parts have made their way onto the restricted list. Um, 
not, <laughs> not the next one, but you, uh, you'll see it pretty soon. You'll see it pretty soon, pretty, pretty soon, and then shortly after that, you'll see why Quake is banned. Um, <laughs> Great um, quick off. Yeah, uh, the biggest change uh, for us is probably going to be our podcast. Um, we're going to be doing episodes every other week instead of weekly from now on. Um, our group of regular hosts is going to be shrinking down to three as well from our usual four and today our five. Uh, but the fight is going to continue on for us. I guess my, my question to you guys is like, how do you think we can like, get the game even especially since it's like no longer being supported how do we get that next generation of players in here because i don't see a way for that to happen i don't know how it happens without um official support i think that it's going to look a lot like expanding to through our peer groups first um i okay i will say this um I don't know if you guys remember this from EI, but I, pl- I like I saw like at least like in in the tens of kids like under four like fourteen and under like playing in that tournament, and that's that means that those are kids that won a qualifier. Um, mm-hmm. They seem to be having a great time while they were there. Um, I've seen some young kids at a couple of the Texas uh, like EIQs. I think that like the game has appealed to people of more age groups than like you know the, the, the old farts in this podcast and Matt, right? Um, but I, I, I do think that like it's going to be rough without official support to really get the next generation involved. I think I think the way you're going to see expansion is going to be through peer groups. You might see I see a lot of like father son duos and those types of people like joining. Yeah, me too. Um, so that might be a potential way for that to happen. Uh, but I think that that's more like. You know, word of mouth sometimes really works and sometimes only kind of works. So I think that's what I, w- I would see. Um, I will go ahead and give us a viewer question. Uh, so this is from a post a little while ago, but it's our, our friend, uh, Ka- uh, Cameron. I'm going to butcher this last name. I'm so sorry, Cameron. Um, Etishami? Um, uh, it, it's Estahami, I think. Estahami? Okay, Estahami then. Um, over at Arbitrary Hero, uh, the guy who's been running, uh, you know, the extra life campaign for... Uh, the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, yeah, but he uh, he asked uh, us, what is the most interesting keyword or mechanic to each of you in the game so far? Both in terms of what's been put out so far and actually what also could be supported in the future. So we kind of answered that second part earlier, but what about the first part? Brave and stealth. Like, hands down, those are the strongest mechanics that have been played too conservatively. To play a control deck, like, you need some way to control combat because of how important it is. So Brave and Stealth have always been amazing. It's just the characters that have them outside of Fire Flight just haven't been good enough, partly because of the con- conservation that uh, has been mentioned a few times here through Wizards End. So um, I'm looking to probably try and do some interesting things with those, with those mechanics in the near future. Well, my friends here on the podcast had a couple interviews with Drew oh, and they were embarrassed <laughs> to ask this question for me, but I always wondered what exactly does bold do? Um, <laughs> what does yeah. bold do mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what what is what is bold? Um no you put that I, on every interview document, by the way. People at home. <laughs> I, I, I like bold. Joke. I like bold. I think it's I think it's a, a fun mechanic, probably because my favorite character, my favorite deck to play, not some tier one deck or whatever, but my favorite deck to play, the best, well, maybe it is, the very best character in the game, Mr. Metroplex. 
I love playing Metroplex, and if you could, you know, get like bold seven or eight, you might actually trigger his ability. So <laughs> one day, yeah, uh, every now and again. So I mean, I love I love playing Metroplex. He was so much fun. I mean, it's not fun getting getting stomped to death by uh, better decks, but it is fun to play Metroplex, and and he's just so big. You know, you like that. You like the feel, the, the sound of that top loader flipping man. <laughs> oh yeah. You just that got that extra, get that extra deep thump when you when you do it with uh, <laughs> with, with oh, yeah. when you oh, put yeah. the binder that you have to put him in. So right. Thick. So thick boy, thick boy, Metroplex, and bold, definitely. One of my favorite things to do with that was like I had a uh, like I had a friend of mine who was like, oh yeah, I heard about the Transformers card game. It's like do the the card's are, like bigger, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I showed him a character card, and he's like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But wait, there's more. Flip it. And then like I, I, I unbuckle my bag, and I, I always kept a Metroplex with me, like at all times, just in case I needed him. And like <laughs> I just said, like now observe, and I just unveiled him in front of him. <laughs> Look upon him. <laughs> Does that mean that mean Metroplex is your favorite mechanic too? No, actually. One of my favorite mechanics, and I'm so sad that I didn't do anything else that was, like, was good with this, was Bounty. Bounty was so cool. Yeah. I love Bounty. Uh, the amount of, like, cool, uh, like, for example, Lockdown. I loved Lockdown's Bounty. Uh, coup to activate my Bounty again, or Contract Contingency. Let me activate my Bounty again. It's like, you can do so many cool things with it, and it's just so not good. <laughs> but they were just conservative fun. with it. Yeah, too yeah. conservative. Yeah. Too conservative. I think that my favorite mechanic is actually the tribal pips. I love the idea of tribal pips. That's not true. My favorite mechanic is stratagems, but I think that like the thing that has the most potential that didn't get didn't get like fully utilized is the tribal pips because like I think that those are so interesting. I think they would have been easy and like. Uh, yeah ways that would have like made a lot of sense for them to be ways to give support to certain tribes to the wreckers to the beasts um you know maybe give melee some love good lord come on um but in, in reality really just because like i think the traits are so cool there's such an interesting way to customize your deck and to give people interesting and relevant deck building decisions that also encourages natural deck diversity like the actual battle deck diversity because while we're while we've seen historically in the game a lot of diversity among the actual characters being played i think it's pretty easy to argue that at each successive metagame many of the battle decks looked similar right they looked very very much similar so i think like including cards that make different battle cards worth different amounts, like, you know, quantifiably in decks, uh, is a really, really good way to make sure that you have a healthy and diverse metagame, uh, or to at least to assist that goal. And that's the thing I think is super cool because I remember when I think, first of all, that was a third new mechanic that came out in this set, by the way. You mentioned two earlier. Oh uh, yeah, Matt. It's a third new mechanic. They got Tribal Pips, Stratagems, yeah. and Titan Masters, God. all in Wave Five, which is you know that's a, awesome. So much complexity. That's but also, I loved it. Oh, it's, it's great, but terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great, but like the, the barrier to entry went through the roof when you like you have to incorporate those understandings of things. But that's not the point. What I was trying to say is I really love that mechanic. I think it has a ton 
of potential. I think the way I talked about Paralyzo boxing first got that spoiler was, you know, I like the idea that you can have a conditional green pip just blew my mind. Like, I, I just think that's absolutely fantastic design yeah. because green pips can be really, they can be too good. And so like to find a way to, to neuter it in specific situations is brilliant to me. I think it is an elegant design solution and something I was excited to see develop over the, over the, perceived future of the game i agree this is maybe the timmy in me but i love the five part combiners i mean those were just so cool and going back to like g1 i and being a little kid and you like finally get those five toys that are all sold separately and then you combine them into this like huge guy and it, it, it was amazing, and then to do it in the card game, I actually liked the cards that folded and then unfolded. Um, I didn't actually do that when I played tournaments or even casual games. I had one set that were folded in smaller top loaders and then another set that were ready, you know, as a combiner. And then you just, like, slap your hand on the whole bot and then you tap it. <laughs> Oh, that was yeah. so effing cool. Like, <laughs> that, that was I remember. just so neat. I remember when we first saw the spoiler, and then as soon as I got home, I made the proxies, and then I sent everyone in the uh, in the DFW. Yes. I, 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 I sent a picture, I just went, and then I tapped the entire combiner. I was like, that felt good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so cool. I remember that distinctly. Uh, and, and I just, oh man, I really wish we would have seen like the terror cons, the uh, the techno bots, and especially the C cons and combaticons, of I course, too. Combaticons, like yeah, man. I think it was Jamie who posted today, like one of the card designs of the combaticons all being mercenaries, which I think is really yeah. neat. makes sense to me. I, yeah, I, I really like the idea of just Swindle being a mercenary. And just have like this one member of them just being a mercenary because Swindles is constantly playing both sides. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that idea a lot. I think that that will bring us to the close of episode twenty-three of the Transform Your Game podcast. Uh, the biggest of shout-outs going out to you, the listeners at home, for giving us the purpose and drive to come on here and try and cover as much as we can from a competitive point of view in regard uh, to TFTCG strategy. Um, and today, a little less strategy. A little bit more uh, retrospective, a little bit more game state, things like that. Um, and a huge shout out to the two members of our team who are going to take a little, a little bit more of a backseat role um, in, in Joel and Matt, uh, people that we have loved having around us and working with. Um, and keep in mind while you at home that the support is gone from Watsi, but the game sure as hell isn't dead. Um, and I hope I can say hell on the cast. But... Uh, kids don't play this game anymore. We can say whatever we want. It's true. Uh, remember that uh, that while some things may change, a bunch of them are going to stay the same. And one of those things that is going to stay the same is how much we here at Transform Your Game greatly appreciate all of you out there in the ether listening. Whatever platform you're on. You can find our other episodes and more down the line on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever your podcast needs get met. There's going to be some links in the description to help you out there. And if you found the input and information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at transformyourgame.net. We look forward to being back to speak to all of y'all actually two weeks from now, given our new schedule for releases. But until that time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose. <laughs>